Hello, Hirock. Welcome to our daily devotional. We're continuing and actually coming to the conclusion of our walk through the book of Exodus. We have uh, today's devotional and tomorrow's chapter 33, verses 17 through 33, where we read this. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you and I know you by name. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. And the Lord continued, Look, stand near me on this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, this passage, I'm sure, strikes people as kind of strange. And of course, I think there's going to be some type of poetic or mythopoetic language that surrounds the uh, the encounter of a mortal being with the ineffable God. Like, how do you describe that which cannot be seen, that which cannot be truly experienced? Like, even if you think about the word comprehend, the, the notion behind comprehend is that you can kind of surround and contain something, but God is bigger than you. So can you ever fully comprehend? Like, you know, can can a dog or even worse than that, can a worm understand a human being? Well, even more so, how can a human being comprehend God? So we're given these kind of poetic images of what's what's happening. But I think there's some senses, uh, at least some guesses, some senses that we can make of what's going on here. And first of all, I think the, the thing that strikes me uh, most of all is that Moses wants nothing more than to see God. And God here will show more to Moses than anyone before. But even then, it's we're told it's not God's fullness. And this is expressed to us as this idea that no one may see God's face and live. And I'll get to that at, at, at the end here. But before that, I just am really taken by the idea that God, or Moses rather, wants to see God more than anything. And to me, this kind of makes sense because, uh, you know, amidst all the various people Moses encountered, no one has been a true friend like God has been. Moses has had no home, no people. I mean, if you think about it, where does he belong? He didn't feel like an Egyptian with the Egyptians. He doesn't feel like a Hebrew with the Hebrews. And when he, you know, earlier when he struck and killed the Egyptian uh, who was beating a Hebrew slave, Moses perhaps thought that he would then, you know, be accepted by his fellow Hebrews. But even then, they didn't see him as one of them. They feared him as an outsider. And yet God has always been faithful to Moses. You know, and he says, I know you. I know you by name. Moses is truly known by God. And there's this element of Moses' story uh, really strikes me personally. I've, I've shared before that, you know, I never felt uh, when I'm with, with my Korean relatives, I don't feel Korean. I feel white. And when I was with white people, I felt uh, singled out as being Asian and different. So whatever group I was with, I always felt other. And so that aspect of my experience um, really made me appreciate Moses' story. And we want to belong. We want to feel known. We want to be accepted. I mean, this is what Moses wants. And, and something at the deepest level only comes from God. And I believe that in, a many, in many ways, this is all of us. I think this is our deepest desire is to be, to be fully accepted. And, and really, that is to see God. Uh, and I think that's why it's so meaningful when God becomes a human being uh, 
so that we might truly know God in a way that would be impossible in any other way. Um, but then getting back to this idea of no one can see my face and live, like why should the experience of seeing God be lethal? And I don't think we're given any indication or clear answer in scripture. And uh, as I was a young believer and I was, I spent the one of the, actually the first year of my um, walk as a believer, I, I spent my I, I was writing in a journal. I don't keep a journal very often now, but during that year, I kept like every single day I would write in my journal. And and, and one of the things that became clear to me uh, during that year was that it was really painful to learn the truth about myself, to begin to see myself through God's eyes, to see how selfish I was, how even when I was right, I was so often wrong in, in, in many ways. And, and to see the um, the kind of uh, stain of sin that ran through my life in so many ways, not in just like this kind of beating myself up kind of way, but but rather seeing God as exposing these things in me so that I could be healed of them, so that I could become healthier. And all of this was painful along the way, just like going to a physician can be painful. And I imagined like, what if, what if seeing God is actually seeing reality as it is? Uh, to have all the illusions, all the, um, all the, intervening variables stripped away and to see the reality, you see reality as it is, and to see ourselves as we truly are in God's eyes. Like for God here to say, I know you, I know you by name. And I just thought like that would actually destroy me. Like to, if I, just what I've learned in these past six months, if I were to learn that all in an instant, I, I, I couldn't, it would destroy who I am. It would disintegrate me as a, as a, as a person. And so I began to think, I wonder if this idea is simply that God cannot show his face to us simply because we cannot bear uh, the truth in that kind of raw, unmitigated form. But over time, as we are transformed, um, then we will be able to see God more clearly as time goes on, as we are healed of the damage that sin and, and all the lies have done to us, that we will be more and more um, remade into the image of God so that we will be able to see God that much more clearly. So anyway, that, that's just kind of my uh, my sense of what may be going on in this passage. But again, it's in mythopoetic language and uh, your guess is as good as mine. In fact, I'm wondering what your guess is, Dave. Well, you know, there are a few things in this. But I, I love the way you've talked about it. There are a few things in here that, that kind of stick out to me. The first one um, I, is right here in the first verse you read for us, verse 17. Uh, I will indeed do what you ask, for I look favor favorably on you, and I know you by name. And as my my first, as I was hearing you read that, my first reaction to it was, well, of course he knows him by name. Of course I know you, you know, God knows us, uh, you know, much more than our names, you know, the number of hairs on my head. I don't even know that about me, right? It's unfortunately a constantly descending number. But uh, I think that that's the, the the sense of like, why is that significant? And, and as I just was thinking about that kind of while you were reading and, and while we were talking, I realized, you know, it's, I think in a world where we put so much emphasis, we really put ourselves at the center, right? That's always our tendency, all of us. We end up becoming the center and everybody else is a character in our stories, including God, instead of us being a character in God's story, right? And so uh, I think that the really big news in my spiritual life is that I know God and that I love God and that I've accepted God into my life, into my heart, you know, the kind of various ways that we talk about it. Uh, but the good news is not any of those things. The good news that actually I just think is this, you know, with the actual thing that gives us assurance and 
and and as kids transformational in in, in it, uh, is is that God God knows us that God loves us that God accepts us I, I, there's just sort of this funny thing I can only imagine God going oh thank you for accepting me right like who do you think you are you slug <laughs> but but there's this sense where no 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 you don't get it the whole point, the beauty, the the, the the shocking part of this story is not that. The shocking part of the story is that I've accepted you, right? And and I think us being able to, to embrace that and that, that God would say, yeah, 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 I know you know who I am. Everybody knows who I am. I'm, a, I'm kind of a big cheese here. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, the, the, what's really important here is I know who you are. And, you know, you can imagine if if some, you know, very famous celebrity were, were walking through through an airport, right? Everyone's like snapping pictures and, you know, all excited. And all of a sudden that person, that celebrity called and went, huh? What? Hey, Pastor Dave, is that, hey, that well, I'd be like, whoa, hey, he, uh, you know, that would be remarkable. The fact that I know who he is, is not remarkable. The fact that he knows who I am would be remarkable. And I think that's what God is saying is the remarkable story here is I know who you are. And I know you individually. I know you specifically. I don't just know you in the generic sense. Like, oh, you're another one of the humans, right? No, no, I know you, John, as distinct from all of the other people in the world. I, 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 I see you. I, I just, I think for us to meditate on that reality already should invoke a sense of, or evoke a sense of worship. You know, this like of awe, uh, gratitude. I don't know. That just seems like a big deal. Um, and and then this whole thing that you, uh, you said that you, you know you're not allowed to see my face. Right, you talked about the fact that we can never really fully uh, comprehend God, and and I think that's right. That there is no end, even Moses. Right, you think of Moses. Of anybody has got God all dialed in. It's Moses, and yet Moses saying, "Yeah, I know more than anyone else on earth, but there's so much more. There's so much more." And, and then even as God says, "All right, I'm going to dump a truck on you. This can be like uh, as much as you can possibly handle." But even then, he says, well, I'm not going to let you see my face. You couldn't see my face in live Part of it, I think, because of the holiness and what you were saying. But part of it, I just think it would be it would be overwhelming to us. It would be too much. Uh, you know, you think about these people who have, like, this really exciting, you know, like a, a surprise party, and all of a sudden they have a heart attack, right? It's just, it's it's not that they're upset. It's It was too much to take in. Mm. Uh, or I think about, you know, the way you, uh, you attack a, a computer server is actually just by making setting these bots to make so many requests at the same time that the whole thing just shuts down. It can't, it can't handle that, right? It floods all the circuits. And I think that's like, just even be able to see this much of God is just, it's more than we can comprehend it. It's, it's too much for us. And so I think that God can't be comprehended. You're right. And that means, and this got to actually, I think, limit our sort of our theological arrogance. God will always be so much more than the most I could ever say about God. And so I, and I think that that's humbling. It's also kind of exciting. Uh, but then he also says, you know, as he's describing himself, I says, I will uh, show mercy to anyone I choose. I will show compassion on anyone I choose. So I can't be comprehended and I can't be controlled. And so all your theological little, um, uh, you know, treatises that are, say, here's what God will do. Here's what God must do. Here's what God always does. Yeah, 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 that's cute. Now watch what I'm going to do, all right? You cannot box me in. I'm so much bigger than what you can comprehend. And, and I think that th this idea of God high and lifted up, right? Not God who's my, my buddy who's always kind of like behind me whenever I need need a little help. Hey, God, could you just give me a quick assist? 
no, 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 no. God is awesome and majestic. And I think that's this picture that we're getting in, in this uh, in this piece. And final thing I'll say is, uh, just I just smiled as you were reading in, in verse 22. Uh, every night as I put my granddaughter to bed, uh, it's part of our way that we've negotiated bedtime is that I have to sing her a song, right? That's just sort of part of the routine. Um, and I have a very limited repertoire of songs I will sing her. And uh, one of the, the kind of the three that I'm always coming back to is actually one of my favorites is the Rock of Ages, um, right? Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. And, and that is, um, uh, you know, that is kind of, this is what that, that's based off of. And um, just that, that it, it reminds me again that God is not safe. God is not containable. God is not controllable. We've already said that. And yet there I can be right in the center with God, not understanding everything and not being able to possibly control. And yet I am safe. I am safe because I'm loved. I am protected by God from God, right? What an interesting and beautiful idea that God is protecting me, not just from evil. God actually protects me from more of him than I could handle, right? And, and sort of gives me this like more and more doses as I'm able to absorb them. Uh, I just, what tenderness in, in, in the midst of all of this majesty. So anyway, those are some of the things I see. Well, I think that's lovely. And I think it would be wonderful if you would pray for us to have more of that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pray together. Lord, we, we want to know you more so that we can understand what it is that, to, what it means that you know us. God, we want to love you more so that we can understand how much we are loved. God, we, we accept you into our lives because we have been accepted into your family, into your kingdom forever. Lord, you have loved us first. God, give us uh, hearts that are open to receive more, just a little more of who you are this week and a little more next week. God, as we can handle it, we pray that you will reveal yourself to us, that we could know you even more. But God, we thank you for the good news is we are known fully. God, I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Dave. And thanks everyone for joining us. I hope that you can take that thought with you today that God knows you. Now go in peace.